Grain to Glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. We are live. Darn tootin'. Beautiful. At least for our for our beautiful, beautiful patrons. Yes. Speaking of which, I should probably get that whole uh, spiel. spiel out of the way. So first, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link above our homepage and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patron, Andy Thompson. If you'd like to become a patron, uh, head over to patreon.com slash studios or click on the patron link above our homepage and become a patron today. And if you're doing any Amazon shopping, head over to blindedstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above our homepage, uh, and do your Amazon shopping. Christmas is like two weeks away now. Took the words out of my mouth. Uh, so you might as well just go over and, uh, you know, be our personal Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> Gross. What? <laughs> what What does Santa Claus do to you that that's gross? That seems like a DOO topic that we're going to need to yep. just kind of dive into, man. And <laughs> we'll I don't want to do that right now. All right. Uh, Brian, it's been a couple of weeks that you've been up to beer-related, my friend. Oh, boy. Uh, all kinds of things. I'll keep it uh, short, but uh, I believe... Oh, you don't got to keep it too short, man. We got a we got a show to we got a show yeah, to fill out. This is true. Yes. Uh, beer things. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, so I, I honestly, if I am repeating myself, stop me. But it is we are out of Oktoberfest season, obviously, and we are into uh, our third. Uh, we have a rotating lineup that is Lemon Breaker in the end of spring summer. Oktoberfest, and then we come out with uh, Big Mix Favorite, which is a uh, coffee stout oh. uh, that is literally just coffee that is added to our milk stout. And the key, in my mind, to a, a, a coffee stout is a milk stout base. We got lactose in there. Is that just so the coffee doesn't thin it out? Or you is know, it is yeah. it just for that like latte? I was having a conversation about this with someone else, but be, with the batch size, um, you don't super have to worry about. Actually, I think that was us having that conversation. Yeah, it last was episode. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, anyway, if you had if you didn't listen to the episode before, there's two things to think about here. One is the oil and the coffee, which will kill the head. Two. Uh, you're not going to, I don't believe you're going to put enough coffee in there to dilute it to the point where it'll thin the body three, uh, up your mash temp for fuller body. And then add, you know, if you want to kick in oats and, and, uh, or something that'll carafoam or sure, carafoam yeah. that'll beef the body up probably was the same thing we talked about last time. So maybe could be. So yeah, in some, that's where we're at. Uh, we're also working on a, uh, a sour beer with key lime. Uh, so we've got just oh, so good. Yeah, we have three giant sacks of uh, just amazing smelling uh, lime zest. Uh, oh, three sacks of zest. Yeah, huge, big bags of zest that uh, I I. It sounds. I can't zesty. even describe how awesome it, it smells. Um, I was carrying the bag. Around, I was carrying the bag around the brewery, and someone was like, "Is that your baby?" 
And I yes. Was like, I'm just enjoying smelling. I just didn't shower today. <laughs> I rubbed it in my armpits. Uh, yeah, so that'll be coming up. But we had that one sat in the kettle for a long time because it, it did not want it just to wouldn't drop. drop. Yeah, so finally got it down to uh, where we wanted to. Uh, when we're talking about that, we're talking, we're not talking about fermentation, we're talking about pH. Um, Correct. When we're so talking about dropping. And- we would, uh, excuse me, put in your yogurt culture or your lactobacilli strain, uh, and then just for good measure, for, for funsies, um, I you fill up a pint glass with uh, acid malt and whip that in there. And then the kettle, the, we're talking about the brew kettle here, after you transfer from your mash louder system, uh, it sits in the kettle, and it will, that lactobacilli will bring the pH down, and you kind of want to be... Well, three three point two maybe is a little too low, but uh, really, uh, but I th- I thought it was like, um, depending on how tart you want to go, you want to be under four. Oh yeah, and like, but above above three, above three, yeah. So just anywhere in that range, mm-hmm. yeah, somewhere in the middle is good. Uh, I think one of them was three four, one of them was three five. I think yeah. this is our like our fourth. Yeah, and the clo- then the closer to four you are, like the less of that like yeah. pucker you're gonna get. But we stopped this. This one stopped at three six because I figured with the lime zest we're gonna get a little bit of sourness, and I didn't want it to carry get, get it too carried too far. I don't know how much sourness. <clears throat> well, there's gonna be a, more of a perception of it. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it might be more perceived sourness mm-hmm. than actual like sour stuff. Yeah, because I don't I don't know if there's I don't know really like I'm just looking at this from a cooking perspective. Mm-hmm. Like you get more of a flavor, like a citrus flavor, rather mm-hmm. than yep. any citrus bite from lime well, zest. Well, you've got two a couple other things to contend with here though. Is it the vanilla bean, and then that's gonna add some sweetness, mm-hmm. and then uh, lactose. That's gonna add a lot more sweetness, right? And then, so then, there's a little bit of yeah. So you want a lot more sour in there, especially like otherwise. Well, I mean, I don't. know. I feel like it's gonna taste like pie filling, and that sounds delicious. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the point. <laughs> Serve it with a graham cracker, like yeah. Well, and then like I, I don't remember if we were talking about this before or not, but the malt bill was for like built to mimic more of a graham flavor. Oh, nice. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think we talked about that. Yeah. Well, we didn't tell I, I don't know. I could bust out the recipe here in a minute, but I don't want to bore you with it. Uh, bring it up for the next episode. Okay, will do. But yeah, beer-wise, <clears throat> that's kind of what we're working on at the brewery. Um, I have been digging into... I Someone gave me some black... Shoot, is it Blackstack? The one that's by CanCan Wonderland? Yep, yeah, it was Blackstack. Yeah, someone gave me... Gosh darn it, it was called Pull Tabs? I don't think I've had that one. Okay. Is that the lager? No, it was... Uh, you know, the hazy pale ale. Oh, hazy pale ale. Okay, yeah. I don't think I've had that one. Yep, had that one recently. And then um, we had that Valkyrie. Yep. Uh, the, the honeymoon on DLO. Yeah, they called it a bracket. Uh, bracket. Well, it was spelled. Or bracket, yeah. It was spelled bracket, like the old. You know, ye old English. Right. So, but it's a beer and a honey wine hybrid. Yep. Which I thought yeah, it was, was pretty good. pleasantly different it was uh it was in immensely drinkable and like 14 percent or something stupid like that wasn't it it was up there yeah i know we were all feeling real good <laughs> uh yeah that's good man yeah that's it black, black stack is black stack is solid like they have some solid offerings um let's see me um yeah what about you 
Ah, geez. Uh, I'm trying to think last last homebrew boundary recorded. Besides going through your recycling and finding five empty Modelo. <laughs> oh, God. No, that's that's what I brought out of the basement today. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, apparently we're a Modelo household. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so I went to uh, Puerto Rico for uh, for a week and tried a lot of actual uh, local craft there. Um, let me. Oh, whoa. That's new. Um, apparently, if you press the wrong things in uh, QuickTime, weird things pop up. Uh, so there were a few breweries. Uh, I should have pulled this up. I'm uh, sorry. Well, yeah, you sent me a picture of. Uh, well, sorry. Well, first of all, I drank a lot of Madaya. That was the one you sent me a picture. Yeah, yeah. So Madaya is like yeah. the, the mass produced lager. Yeah, it's in a gold can. It says premium light. Yep, it's and it's a dollar. Year. It's a dollar a beer everywhere. Oh, that's a. <laughs> God damn it! That was like uh, Gallo when I was in uh, Central America. You could get like a giant can for like twenty five cents. It was like it was just stupid. <laughs> It's not a good beer, um, no, but no, but I got hammered on twenty bucks. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. All right, um, no. So I had some Ocean Lab Brewing. Um, I believe it was uh, Oeste Brewing, um, and let's see if I can zoom in here. There was one other one. Um, uh, I think it was Box Lab was the other one that I had. Um, not. Not, not. I wasn't super happy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Which one? Of any of so they all had some different different issues. Uh, so the big one was Ocean Lab, that one, and then uh, Oeste Brewing um, was the other one. So West Brewing. No, I was gonna say that means West, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, both of those, uh, I ran into, and we were talking about this, but oxidation issues mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and it, I had. I had them all on tap, and it might have been the place, like, uh, Rincon Beer Company was the one place I had it. They're supposed to be brewing, but they only, they were only making ginger beer. It was weird. Um, huh. But they had, like, they had, like, Simpsons malt bags stacked up in, like, near the window. And I was I was going to I was gonna go find the QR codes and see if I could see how old the malt bags were. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because those might still be the same malt bags that were sitting there two years ago when I went last time. Right. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a little disappointing. Um, like besides the oxidation, uh, the beers tasted good. Like right. they had good hop flavor, like in the IPAs and stuff like the, um, and I had the lagers and they were finished, like, which is more than I can say about some lagers that I can find around here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oxidation. And then, um, I had one, uh, that I believe from Oeste. That just had a massive amount of oh Hop and Barrel just sent me an email, uh, and really? the, <laughs> yeah something about the holiday. Oh wait, we miss you. Come back. Oh, I haven't been for a while. I haven't bought a beer at Hop and Barrel in a while. You bastard. Um. Anyway, uh. So, uh. Massive amounts of chlorine. Mm. Like I picked up a huge amount of chlorine, but other than that, like. Oh, it was a good time on the island. Uh, a lot of rum was kind of my go-to. Dark uh, rum or just just uh, regular rum, just rum, 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 rum. <laughs> rum, rum. Uh, a lot of Don Q. Ah. Um, I have a new favorite drink. Uh, the was it? Uh, Ooh, the, yeah, yeah. The what can can, uh, can 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 Oh, you can can chinchuron. I believe it's it is can can chinchuron. Something like that. 
Or Kankanchara. That's what it is. Kankanchara. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going through the text here. Yeah. You Kankanchara. said Kanchanchara. Kanchanchara. Rum, honey, lime, and water. Yeah. And then nice. there's something about Carlos's Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad about his Pokemon. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The Pelican called Pelican Brief. <laughs> But yeah, so that that was kind of my last week, uh, just going through Puerto Rico, trying different different beers, and uh, enjoying island life. All right, so we should we actually talk about what we came here to talk about? Today? Yeah. So these next two episodes, uh, they go together um, as kind of a continuation, um, leading up to what some might call an end game. <laughs> <laughs> So this is part one, the Zymergy War. Oh, God. I, I couldn't think of a better name. No, it, it works. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that when you were, he's talking about it in the car on the way over here, and then I opened the book, and it that's exactly, excuse me, that's exactly what it says, was Fermentation Endgame. Yep. And I was like, you know. Was, yeah, so we're, we're continuing our E-series today. Uh, we're going to be finishing up Fermentation. Um, after these two episodes, we'll be getting into pitching rates and some of that fun stuff. So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, so should we start with attenuation? Oh yeah, that's that's the first Avenger here, <laughs> or I guess Zymenger here. Zymenger. <laughs> God, he's the Captain America of uh... that. He is. So what we start with attenuation. <clears throat> so is the measure of how completely the yeast fermented our wort or our sugar water. Uh, and this is usually expressed as a percentage. So as far as calculation goes, what, what do we have, Casey? Uh, yeah, so the calculation, um, so, yeah, so a percentage like, you know, like 80% or whatever attenuation. Um, and basically that's your original gravity um, subtracted by your final gravity divided by your OG minus one, and then you multiply that by 100 because you need to get rid of that one out of there, so you're just you're. We're all we care about are like the last two decimal points mm-hmm. of the of the standard gravity there. Right. Then that and, and that that gives you your attenuation percentage. Um, but this only gives you the apparent attenuation. For actual attenuation, you'd have to replace the alcohol um, in the solution with water mm-hmm. because alcohol is less dense than water, so it really throws off your your gravity readings for your final gravity. Um, well, and, then, and it can be done, but it's a complicated process that I'm guessing is expensive. Was that our, our friends from Brazil that were hunting, hunting around uh, n- about mill gapping? Uh, no, uh, they're from Colombia. Colombia, great. So this is, a, this is another way to tell if you're, well, vaguely, if your um, mill is gapped. Uh, oh, attenuation? Correctly, yeah, because if, if everything else is on point. And your your crush is, you know, too much or too little, you know. Well, he was he was having an issue hitting the OG. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, that that I'm was that then. was all that was all uh, brew side, not not fermentation side. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. Um. Yeah. So, do you do anything like at the brewery? Uh, like, have do you send or like? I don't know how complex your lab is. Do you have the ability to remove the alcohol and replace it with water to get a no? Okay. I don't know. No, we do keep an eye on attenuation, though, per percentage. Yeah. I mean, it's... Well, and it's one of those things that you should, and it's super easy to do, even at the homebrew level. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so attenuation is usually between 65 and 85 percent. Mm-hmm. That's kind of your range. You'll see it go up, and it is possible to get 100 percent attenuation, um, but not usually in beer, unless yeah. you're using like Brettanomyces or something like that. Something that can really chew through those those simp- or those complex sugars. Yeah. Well, and those complex sugars, like we always say, are the bigger, longer chains yep. that don't get chopped up by the enzymes fully. And then we we, we want those, though, because that gives us the body in the beer. Yep. So. Yeah. So the, the fermentable sugars, again, are glucose, fructose, sucrose, maltose, and maltotriose. Mm-hmm. All right. So a brewer, like th- this, is, this is advice for you guys right now. Always log OG and FG. If you don't log anything yeah. else, log those too so you can get your attenuation. Take as many notes as possible because there's how many times have we, you and I anyway, when we were when you were doing the 80s style challenge where I was like, what what'd you get for this number? What'd you get for that? And you were like, I don't know. I don't remember. It was a messed up brew day. I brewed four times, blah, blah. And it's like, yep. you know, just take notes. Take as many notes Be as possible. Be better than me. That's all we ask. Take note of what the weather is. Yeah, because it's really hard to brew when it's super cold out. No, it, it no yeah. <laughs> minus twenty, and you have to like warm up your tanks. Been there, and they're free. <laughs> Why is my mash temperature? Why can't I have my mash temperature? <laughs> well, you know, you're standing in a garage, and it's oh, at least you had a garage to stay yeah. in. Um, all right, so yes, checking the uh, and then checking your your specific gravity daily during fermentation can give you insight into fermentation as go. Uh, how it's going. Yeah, then you can make a fun graph, too. Graphs are fun. I love graphs. Everybody loves graphs. <laughs> um, once the uh, the specific gravity has been the same for about three days in a row, you can assume fermentation is finished. Mm-hmm. This isn't always true. Not always true, but... But for the most part, it's a good rule of thumb. Well, frankly, if you if it's not like... Well, one time I made a... I was fermenting a Saison, and it stopped at 1024, and it was 1024 for three days and i i know certainly that i pitched three packages of y yeast into into five gallons mind you and this was uh i think it was the original dupont strain 3724 i definitely didn't want it to stop at 1024 yeah so but it was sitting there but now that you know now that you know it's stalled Right then, then you can do something then you can about go it. Do but something about it. If it's at or near where you want it to be in plus or minus three days, you're probably all right. Yeah. All right. Um, and then checking attenuation is a very simple step to help make consistent beer. Make yep. sure your process is working properly and that you're doing everything that you need to do. I mean, yeah. If it's the same, if it's the same every time, then your mill gapping is on. Your Every yeah, every everything up to that point is is, is going well for yep. you. So yep. All right. Uh, ooh, the second Avenger, the Iron Man of Zymergy. <laughs> Flocculation. Oh, I was like, where, where are you? Because <laughs> I think I went ahead on something. I guess no. I you know I take that back. I'm gonna say, Flocculation is more like the Thor. All right, the Thor. <laughs> like you know, there's not much tech involved. It's the yeast uh, doing the thing. It's the more of a Thor. Still lives on another plane of existence. Yeah, so does yeast, man. Loki. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Good lord. Well, so flocculation. It's always possible uh, that the yeast will refuse to flock or drop out early. And there are some strains that just don't. They just sit in suspension. They just sit. And there's others that have a tendency to flock out way too early, causing mm-hmm. issues anyway. Yep. 
But uh, in general, your uh, colder conditions favor flocking because the yeast, are, they start running around and they get all crazy. And then they want to uh, drop out after the party because they're like, oh, yeah, all my energy's gone. I ate a bunch of food and then turned some some of the food into alcohol and some into CO2. And I'm tired and I want to and I want to drop out. Uh, so with our colder conditions for f- that favor flocculation, some yeast require two weeks or more at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or uh, 40 degrees Celsius. Four. Four degrees. What did I say? 40. Uh, well, f- no, I said 40 Fahrenheit. And-, and then 40 degrees Celsius. Oh, shit, my bad. <laughs> 40 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> is four Celsius for our in- international, for people who aren't foolish Americans. Right. And, and do temperature the, the right way. Celsius. Uh, so it, it, two weeks or more at 40F or 4C to flock out completely. So we're talking cold crashing the beer. Yeah. S- sub 40 anyway. You know, we tr- we try to get it to, to 35 to 38. And another reason behind that, not to be tangential, but. No, that's fine. The colder your beer is, the more readily it wants to accept CO2 if you're force carbonating it. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a few things that will hinder your flocculation as well. Like uh, high sugar levels in your beer. So if you have a very high, a high octane beer, like that's gonna hinder some of your like all the beers that Gordon wants to make. Yeah, his seventy five percent big O times six. God, we cannot get this beer to kick on the on the the keyser. We get a a two tapper in the corner here in the studio, and we've had this twelve percent big O beer for. Yeah, it's she's she's going on like I gotta get a new CO two tank anyway, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna get some new stuff out. Uh, We gotta do an episode, trying to figure out what I'm brewing next. Oh shit! Yeah, that'll be fun. All right, um, oxygen in the in the beer will. cause flocculation issues um, it also cause flavor issues so just no oxygen uh, and then poor yeast health if your yeast is struggling it will not want to like it'll it doesn't want to hang out with other yeast like you know the sick ones they don't like when you're sick you don't want to hang out another reason to do a starter or just pitch plenty of healthy yep. fresh yeast yeah yeah make sure you give your uh, your yeast their wheaties <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> You're going to be okay there, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to open another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so if if you're running into flocculation issues, usually it's something the brewer, the lab, or the handler did in the life culture uh, to change this flocculation. Yeast can't control its own flocculation level. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these things can change the flocculation behavior. So we're talking about like harvesting and storage techniques. So if you are harvesting the yeast and like storing it uh, and you're doing that like – Doing that could change the flocculation level generation to generation. Uh, mineral, nutrient, and oxygen deficiencies can cause bad flock. Um, yeast, yeast mutation will change how it flocks. Wild yeast contamination will definitely change. Um, and then uh, this one, I'm not entirely sure what this means yet, but mycotoxin uh, contaminated malt. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that at okay. all, honestly. I, would, I, I, I haven't have done to, enough uh, research on that yet. I'd have to Google that up, Okay, frankly. I don't, I don't think it's something. <coughs> excuse me. I, I don't think it's something, frankly, that you really <laughs> need to worry about. All right. Uh, will you take us through uh, what we can do if uh, we don't want to wait or the cold isn't clearing our beer? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so you can do a bunch of different stuff. Uh, one of them would be to add uh, finings. Uh, 
<clears throat> there's and there's a bunch of different products for of like eyes and glass. Yep, eyes and glass or well, that's pretty much it. No, I'm just kidding. No, there's <laughs> there's some like there's some, like, vegan ones now. Yeah, yeah, and just take note that eyes and glass isn't vegan if if that's something that you care about. Yeah, um, a bunch of fish bladders. Right, it is it is fish bladders. There's like polyclar. There's other all types of different findings uh, that you can. Uh, get, but your philosophy when you're adding the findings should be uh, to only add enough to co- to accomplish the goal. Like if you plan to bottle condition, uh, the concentration of yeast uh, after finding can be pretty low. So um, ales find with isinglass are typically containing fewer than a hundred thousand cells per milliliter, which that's a little on the deep side. So I'll just keep moving here. Um, the advantages of adding findings is that it's cheap. To, to get just add a little bit in a you know a five gallon batch or ten gallon batch whatever you're kind of working with uh, disadvantages are the results vary and by that I mean if there's too much or too little it can give it won't give you the result that, that yeah you, it either is, won't pull anything out of suspension right, right. or it'll do weird things and clump and be just kind of blah yeah so one of the uh, like your, your eyes and glass uh, you've got gelatin. Um, and that's an alternative to a finding agent, but it's not as effective as isinglass because uh, gelatin is denatured and it's made up of like single polypeptides. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of different forms of isinglass on the market. Uh, yeah. So then thing number two would be a filter. Um, and there's, I've seen a few different uh, types of filter for home brewing and they're usually like a plate. Yeah. Plate like a frame, plate, like yeah. a little like plastic plate that you stick a pad in and then at the brewery we use plate and frame so it's a bit it's like a I don't just a know, bigger version of that yeah it's like 40 microns or whatever well it's like 40 pads oh, 40 that pads are, okay yeah i can't remember the micron rating it's we, we order extra course extra course yeah and then our ipa we only uh we only filter half of it filter half just to get most of the yeasties and some of the um, you know, we, we want it clear, but it doesn't need to be super clear. The, the West coast IPA. So yeah. I mean, if you see bells too hearted, uh, oftentimes there's some, a little bit of haze in it and sometimes yeah. it's super clear. So that's kind of like our West coast. It just, it doesn't necessarily need to be totally clear, but our loggers, we completely filter, filter the crap out of them. So, uh, <clears throat> that said advantages to filtering, uh, it's, it's inexpensive. It can be inexpensive. Once, once you have your setup, yeah, once, it's once pretty, you make yeah. the initial investment, the pads are real cheap. Uh, it's, it's very quick cause you're running it. You probably can just run it in line. Uh, post chiller is yeah. You don't have to wait around to make yeah. it work like you do with Isinglass or mm-hmm. whatever. And then it's consistent, so it it does the same thing every time, and that's great. Any disadvantage would be exposing uh, the beer to potential can- contamination, or uh, one that's not on here definitely oxidation. Yeah, I, so I, I I was gonna put that on there separ- separately, but I feel like that's a contamination, wouldn't it? Uh, sure, lump it I under mean, contamination, yeah. but there there the are oxygen is the big one. There are several breweries locally that, or well, there's a lot of breweries out there. Period. That if, I can tell that they're filtering, which is great, but I can tell that they have a gap in their filter. Yeah, yeah they're introducing a lot of oxygen. You're gonna you're going to introduce oxygen to it, but um, you know, and we, we know this, we know how to lock the process down a little better because we have a dissolved oxygen meter 
uh, and those are not cheap. And some of the, you know, some of the breweries that <clears throat> little upstarts don't think to buy a, an ox, a do meter uh, right off the bat, because um, oftentimes when you start a brewery, funds are tight. Funds are very tight, and if you don't buy your stuff up front, then you're probably not going to get around to buying it. <laughs> you're too busy trying to keep the cash flow going. Yep. So the third thing, uh, which isn't really possible necessarily for not at the homebrew level at but the homebrew level or you know actually we asked for we asked for a quote from a centrifuge company and they asked how many barrel system we had uh and then they kind of chuckled but still gave, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they kind of chuckled but still gave us a quote on on this hundred thousand dollar centrifuge anyway so whatever uh centrifuge uh, it basically just you know spins and separates centrifuge is basically a separator so the advantages of that is that you have pretty damn good process control uh, leaves behind more yeast uh, out of the solution but the disadvantages like we just covered is very expensive um, <clears throat> there yeah. you can do a combination of the three absolutely yeah uh, centrifuge then filter um, so like what I was like from what I was understanding and maybe I'm wrong like with the centrifuge you have such control over the process like you can you can be like okay like we need this much yeast yes. or whatever left in the system yep. you like, can just dial it in mm-hmm. yep. yeah because if you are you can centrifuge to get other particulate out but keep yeast so that you can do things like bottle conditioned you know type of beers that's cool mm-hmm. or have a like still have the beer be hazy for that matter, so that's cool. All right, um, and now I believe that Xanos has done a snap, <laughs> and we'll have to wait until next episode to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm gonna run this uh, this metaphor into the ground hard. Yeah, no biggie. But we have some listener mail. Ooh, and I'm excited about listener mail. I do love me some listener mail. Is it Bjorn? Uh, we do have one from Bjorn. Yes. All right. Uh, so Bjorn uh, sent in a question about yeast propagation. Uh, Bjorn usually adds his entire starter to his wort. Uh, he doesn't decant if he doesn't have to. I do the same, um, unless it's a really big starter. Like there's really no like the amount of liquid you're adding is so negligible in the thing. But his question is, if I add a carbonation stone and run uh, and run continuously uh, oxygen through my starter on my stir plate. Um, I would also add anti-foam doing this. Would this be enough to increase my growth rate from fourfold to eight to 12 fold, thus making it possible to cut the starter size in half or even a third? Am I onto something or is it just a waste of time and effort? Wow. That's it's kind of a deep question. Yeah. Um, but I think we can puzzle through it a little bit, maybe. Um, or we might have to, uh, Revisit this one at a, at another one, but I think we should revisit this one because what I what I think we should what we could do is an entire episode on a, it, a whole episode on it, or like do do the experiment and, and oh, there you go, yeah, do and it see? do it that way. But so he's so he's talking about while while while, while the stir plate's going, uh, forcing O two into it. So he's gonna stick a wand in there, yeah, and basically um, force propagate that way. Yeah, but then it'd get real foamy. So he's talking about how if he'd, you yeah he'd, he'd, he'd have some, the the uh, the anti foam in there. Yep. Wow. I don't see. I don't know. Like, 
at the homebrew level that no offense you know Bjorn or anyone it, 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 it seems like it's like going to be a lot of effort for very little yeah return. it sounds like a waste of time but uh but at a, the commercial level it might be a different story um in fact that may be one way to do it but you know you <laughs> You got to keep feeding it if you want it to, to grow. Yeah, I don't think you can just put oxygen in there. I, I think you. I think you would need nutrients. Oxygen well. does increase the. It increases the rate, right? Which we've talked about. We've talked about this. It's called sterile synthesis. But yep. I don't would think without feeding it more. Uh, and I honestly, I don't know if you would need to do the continuous. I think if you did, if you have X amount of cells and you feed it ten forty gravity wort. And oxygen, doubling the oxygen is not going to. Yeah, you're going to need more. Because you're going to feed it. You're going to feed it X, X amount of 1040 wort to X amount of yeast. And that's going to. You know, well, and so what I, what I think he's trying to do here is uh, not to have it go into anaerobic before mm-hmm. it goes into the wort. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. But um, what we were talking about is oxygen's usually used up in, what, the first eight hours, 12 hours, something like that. <laughs> 18 and under I'd say remember we were talking about high gravity beers yep. and adding more oxygen into them yeah and you, so you have a short window yeah so I'm I'm curious if instead of doing it continuously if you approached it like that mm-hmm. where um you uh I mean the like the the easiest way I guess you'd go and do it but if you really want to get clever with it like use an Arduino or something to flip on and do a short burst of oxygen every 48 hours or something sure yeah um, just to keep that going if if you don't if you don't factor more food into it you're not gonna well but there's I only so if, much there's only so much return you're gonna get but yeah. I think the, you can keep it in that growth phase if you're like because if you keep oxygen in there it's gonna stay um, in the aerobic, uh, it's going to stay aerobic. It's going to keep growing yeah. while there's still food. Is this not a diminishing returns situation? It probably is, but I don't know. I want, I'm curious what the diminishing turns actually, actually are. like now, the more we talk about it, the more I'm really curious about you this. could totally math this out. Yeah. Actually. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's well, like, do some math or something right. and get back to you, Bjorn. Sorry that we brought this up without having an answer, but now I'm very curious. <laughs> it's still fun to think about. It is. Uh, and if any of our listeners actually want to do the math for me, just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody, if anybody out there is equipped to do the experiment, and, and yeah. let us let us know. Uh, all right. And then we have one from Tim. Uh, hey there. I'm moving from two and a half to five gallon batches. Good for I'm, you, man. I'm curious if I need to buy a stir plate for making a yeast starter. Is it an absolute necessity to make a good starter? No. You don't need one. No. Um, Just buy more yeast. Yes. Uh, so I actually talked to Tim a little bit. His biggest thing was he was on Northern Brewer, mm-hmm. and the, like, the stir plates they have on there are like, you know, 100 plus bucks. You, um, that's, a, that's a lot of money to put down. If you're good at making a, things, you can make one pretty easily. Well, Or you can go to Amazon and buy one for 15 bucks. Yeah. Well, there, which is what there, I did. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> which, is what I, which is what I told Tim to do. But yeah, so you don't absolutely need one. So basically all a stir plate does for you um, is it continuously agitates and it kind of like pulls oxygen into the wart a little bit. Like, I mean, more than it just sitting there. Yeah, it'd be like if you were sitting there shaking the the flask for forever. Yep. Uh, and set it, like, if you don't have one, um, set it, like, in a spot where you, you know, where, where you're going to walk by it every once in a while, and just every time you walk by it, you get a little shake, yeah. and 
Yeah, that that too. Because I mean, if you throw it in your kitchen, you know, yep. your kitchen's warm enough. You know, just walk by and shake it. Yeah, just like every time you like go grab a beer out of the fridge, give it a little shake. I I used to keep it in like one of those um like pans that you would make brownies in because oh it, if, if it, it overflowed, that's way <laughs> smarter than what I do, which is I just leave it on the kitchen counter on the stir plate and let her go. <laughs> Yeah, there's been a few messes. Well, you you remember my story of working for that brewery that was going under, and they didn't have money to buy enough yeast, so I would sit in the kitchen with two gem- demi johns and watch a movie. I'd have and one demi john demi john on each side of me, and I'd be rock rocking them, growing growing freaking yeast. Yes, um, but yeah, absolutely not a necessity to make a good starter, but makes yeah. your life a lot easier. If, and if you're at fairly inexpensive, if you're at uh, Tim, if is Tim right? Yep. Okay. Oh yeah, it's Tim. Tim, if you're if you're if you when you were at two and a half gallons, uh, you were pitching one package of yeast uh, at five gallons. Like by nature, you really should be pitching two packages of yep, yeast. But a starter will. Well, yeah, and then starter will fix that problem. Exactly, but a starter would fix that problem. That would grow it to the size it needs to be. Yep. You would be pitching the equivalent of two packages anyway. Yep. So yeah. That's that. All right. That is that. That brings us to the end of Zymergy War. <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody else gets as, gets as big of a kick out of this as I am, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> We have fun. Yes. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash You can follow us on Twitter at Blinders Ninja. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.